Welcome to Advantage Over, the only global rugby podcast to help you become a better referee. Your host today is Keith Lewis. Are you ready? Time on. Hello there, it's Keith here and welcome to episode 33 of the Advantage Over podcast. Um, today's episode flows on really nicely from the last episode that we put out, episode 32, um, for those of you who can count, um, we are where we covered the difficult subject of dealing with the um, sort of negative side of our game at the moment. Uh, we talked about a lot of tips and advice about dealing with what I call the ugly, um, which things like the, the angst that we suffer, we hear from, from players, participants, those around the side and things like that. Um, so I hope that was a good episode. I know I've had some, some great feedback on it, so I'm really pleased that it does seem to have helped. And if you haven't listened to it yet, do go back and have a listen, because I said this one flows out flows along quite nicely from that. Um, on today's episode, we're going to talk to actually a psychologist about how best to approach refereeing. He's been working with um, in, in sport and rugby for a while now, so he's got some good advice for us all there. And diff- perhaps that's going to help us if we've had one of those difficult decisions or we've had a big decision that we've had to make um, because well, when in the game it's happened, um, the game's going to restart on the whole, I hope, um, and therefore we still have to then go on and referee it. And that can be hard to move on mentally as we approach that game, so there's some really good advice coming up on that. But before that, I wanted to just ask a question um, and also to flag a bonus episode that's going to come out soon. My ask is actually for your support. Um, I know how valued the podcast is. I know people kept messaging me to say when there was a gap to say, where is it? Where's the next episode out? I've listened to them all. I'm looking forward to the next one and those sorts of things and various social media messages, comments, emails, all that kind of stuff. So if you like it, your friends and refereeing chums might as well. So please do share the fact that the podcast exists with your refereeing chums wherever in the world you happen to be. So if it's helped you, it might help them. Um, but the podcast isn't free to make. So um, I'd also like to ask um, for some support in a more financial way if you're able to do so. I know it's tricky at these times, but um, if you can um, and you'd like to... Um, you'd be more than welcome to sort of buy me a proverbial coffee, so to speak. Um, and if you head to rugbyreferee.net slash coffee, you can buy me as any coffees as you like. So one coffee, 10 coffees, 100 coffees, whatever it is you might um, want to do. Um, and over 150 people have done that um, over the last few years, which is just amazing and fantastic. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and, and that goes in to help pay for the podcast platform that um this magically appears in your earphones, but there's a platform that sits behind it. Um, all the emails that I have to send out has to be hosted somewhere. Um, and of course, the website that goes into it as well all costs money. And as ever in the current climate, um, all those costs are going up. So um, I thought I'd just be cheeky and ask the question. Um, and the other point I said coming up next week or possibly at the end of this week. Um, so as near to the 1st of July as I can, is we're going to have a bonus episode where I'm going to walk through all the law change that World Rugby have made, well, tweaked mainly, um, that all start from the 1st of July 2022. Um, on the whole, I mean, you'll have seen this, I'm sure, in the last couple of months, it's mainly moving the global law trials into full law, so no changes there, with one or two minor exceptions. Um, but there's also some new global law trials which we'll talk about, and a bunch of minor ones that, frankly, few outside of this community will ever have noticed or will ever notice in the future. But as referees, I know that we will and we need to. Um, So watch out for that later in the week. Um, And that'll be a bonus episode. It'll probably say that on the platform that you're listening to. So that's my little introduction. Um, I'm going to stop there um, and hand you over to uh, me um, talking to um, Tim Wyatt, who's a psychologist. And we're going to talk about all those sorts of things um, when it comes to refereeing. Enjoy the show. (laughs) 
So joining me on the podcast today is Tim Wyatt, who is a sport and exercise psychologist in training, to give him his full title. Um, we're going to talk about all things, well, sport and exercise psychology. So cl- clues in the job title. Tim, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Keith. Thank you for, for letting me come on. In the past, we've talked about fitness for refereeing. We've talked about um, the sort of skill set of, of what to look out for, the practicalities of the art of refereeing. Um, this is obviously a very different conversation where we're going to look at um, what's going on inside our heads, which is a scary prospect for some of us. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about your your background and why you're a good bod to speak to about this. Um, well, yeah, I'm from, from New Zealand, um, so I'm rugby mad. So I guess that's a good place to, to Always a good to start. starting point. Yes, yes. So obviously I'm a big supporter of the All Blacks. Um, but I, I grew up playing all sports in New Zealand. Um, just loved it all. Um, played basketball at a decent level, um, being a youth athlete. And I was just kind of fascinated with the psychology of sport. Um, unfortunately, sport didn't work out for me, but there were probably some reasons to that. And those reasons really got me into um, sports psychology and trying to understand the mental side of, of the game. So I um, did my undergraduate in America. I was in Europe for a little while, kind of uh, just messing around in between my undergraduate and master's. And then I did my master's um, at Loughborough University at the end of 2018 and uh, sports and exercise psychology there. And from there, um, graduated, and then now, yeah, I'm a trainee sports psychologist at the moment, almost a year into a two-year kind of pathway, um, and that leads me leads me here and just trying to kind of talk about sports psychology to the to the wider public. And and like I said, I love rugby, and um, I think referees are kind of a forgotten performing area. And uh, coming across your website got me got us in, in, involved, and I think. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good place to start. Fantastic. Um, it's probably worth saying to those listening to, to this on the podcast, we have, um, there's an article that will be going on, on the website. It's already on the website if you're listening to this now. Uh, well, we will t- we'll have all the stuff we're going to talk about um, in print for you. So don't worry about if you're out, if you're driving and doing something else. There's actually some tasks for you to think about and, and, and do some some practical things that you'll need a pen and a bit of paper for. So if you are driving or if you're out training or you're out on a walk, then that uh, by all means, listen and absorb what we're going to talk about and think about it. But there might be some things to come back to to later on. Of course, that will be on the website for everybody. So let, let's just start with um, the, the section of the of the article that we've got is about values. Um, and we obviously, people think in rugby parlance, rugby values about is, is the core of what rugby is about and how we participate in that. Let's talk about values from your perspective. Why are values important and what do we need to think about? Yeah, so I think you bring a great point straight away is... And it's quite interesting. I saw just a, a video of Nigel Owens the other day mm-hmm. talking about the game values, and it kind of just struck a chord. And I think we've we've kind of talked about it a little bit as well about how in rugby, the value you respect the game, you respect the rules, um, is so important. But yeah, this, these values that I'm talking about here are different. It's it's personal values, and with values, what I mean is these things that will point us in a direction for how we want to live. So it's about being living a meaningful life. And you can do that through re- refereeing or your job, other things that you do, being a parent or, or, or whatever. But the values are something that guide us to do meaningful things. So in, in the article, I've talked about um, understanding them from a personal and professional level, and in here, I've asked some 
more direct questions about why you why you referee why what what's important to you as as a referee um you know i did a little refereeing as, as a basketball a basketball referee and i couldn't hack it um you know i didn't i didn't know why it was important to me i didn't understand the value of it mm-hmm. so these questions that i pose um are to give you that sense of you know what's important to you who do you want to be as a referee you know what do you want to stand for personally not talking about the game values and the virtues what you want to stand for as a, as a referee, as the person um, in the middle of the pitch. What, why is that important? Why do we even need to think about that? I mean, is, I think we've all, many people in the work environment may have come across um, someone like Simon Sinek's work, sort of what's your why is something I'm more, I'm familiar with the work that I do. Um, but why do we need to think about this? Why is it, why is it important to get that bit done first? Yeah. I, like I said before, it's that guiding direction. When things are maybe not going so well, when things are tough, when uh, it's a ten o'clock game, you're in the uh, the southeast of uh, of England. It's freezing cold. You woke up a bit sore, and you kind of have to be like, well, you know, why am I doing this? Mm. And you have the values of, you know, you you want to give back to the game, or you find the exercises and how is um, important to you, and refereeing and giving back to the community is important to you. Having those values set when times are tough and when times are going good as well, will keep you in that direction of, yeah, this is important to me. I want to be a referee and I want to enjoy it. When you have those values and you're working towards those values, values are like heading west. You can never get to west, but you're always going west. Mm -hmm. So those values, you can't (laughs) quite reach them. They're always ongoing. So so that's why it's important. You really want to um, head towards who you want to be. Great. Stuff. I mean, the, the legacy point here is a really interesting one. So one of the, the questions that you, you, you pose that we should pose to ourselves is when your career as a referee is over, what do you want to say you stood for and what do, what do you want other people to say that you you were about? And that's now I now I look back 20, 23 years into this this game. Mm. I, I'm not sure I appreciated how much that was important to me yeah. um, so that um, you want people to think of you as a team player as an all-round good guy as someone they enjoy having around the park i didn't i'm not sure i appreciated that until it was possibly a bit too late um yeah. but certainly something to, to do so that, that's just one of the questions that are there by all means um, have a look at those so that, that's that's really that's really great tim thanks for just i guess giving us that base point yeah let's get into some practicalities i guess it's been a it's been a tough year for many. Many people will be just getting back into the swing of rugby and into refereeing after a long time out. Um, we obviously talked before about fitness and when we thought we were going to get a bit early, those in, those in the Southern Hemisphere will be pre-season or just about kicking off their season. Yep. How do we get going, I guess? What's the, what, what sort of things do we need to be thinking about from a psychological perspective? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think... To get going, you need to have those values and set goals. Um, hopefully, everyone's a little bit itching to go as well, right? Mm-hmm. We've been in lockdown for for a year, so hopefully, people are are ready to get out, ready to understand that you know we're not meant to be locked down. We're meant to be out there. We're social people. Uh, we want to we want to be around others. And and I guess most of the people that listen to this podcast love rugby and love refereeing as well. So you'd hope that. There's some time to reflect, and we've got some reflection also in, in this article as well, but even that time to reflect mm. on what's important to you, 
and how do you want to do it now? Now that we've been put in a huge adversity of being locked down, taken away so much in the in the blink of an eye, you know, can we now look forward and understand what's important to us? Great stuff. So we've we've got a bit of we're going to do a bit of thinking about pre-match in the build-up to a, a match. So let's say we've got a game in five five or six days' time. Let's let's go through a, a sort of an exercise, I guess, to to think about how we set ourselves up for the for the for the game next week. Yeah. How, how, what do you want us to do? Yes. Yeah, so so the first kind of skill it can be a couple of days before or or a day before that I put on there is it's a really simple one. It's called just the the three circles technique, and um, it's named that because you kind of just draw three three circles. So. Clever. Yeah, clever. You know, we don't we keep it, we keep it narrow, we keep it straight. We don't try and on all, all the funny business. Um, so it's just on a piece of paper. You'd, you'd get a pen. Um, you can just use one color. Sometimes you can use three to to differentiate. But um, just on one one side of the of the paper, you'd create that circle and you'd title it "Can't Control." And what you'd do is you would list all those factors that for the upcoming game. You can't control. So the weather, other people's emotions, um, the traffic on the way to the game, mm-hmm. right? You list all of them. There's no such thing as a bad, a bad factor there. Chuck them all down. Then on the other side, you'd do another circle, and you'd list that can control. So you'd list all the things you you can control in the game coming up. Um, you might. Help me out on some uh, examples here, but so I think about uh, getting your kit ready, about um, make sure you've got your cards right. You understand, you know, when you when you're going into the game, who are the people you need to speak to. You can control that um, up yep. front. So those those kinds of things, I would imagine, will be there. How are you going to get to? How are you going to travel to the game? Is something yep. you can control. Exactly, and then in the middle, um, you do the last circle, and you title that can influence. And then you'd list all the things that actually you can influence and change the things from you can't control that maybe you could influence. And make sure you cross those off on the on the can't control. And so what this is, so it's a very simple technique, but it's really, really helpful. People don't think about this stuff beforehand. And it's just a preparation. So you're kind of saying before, what should we do to get ready, you know, out of lockdown and back into to refereeing? But even just each week, you know, what can we do to prepare for each game? And this is just a really simple technique. So from those three circles, you're going to have a list, lots of factors, lots of things you can control, can't control, you could influence. And then what you do from there is take the three from each uh, circle that are probably the most important or the ones that uh, you feel are strongly connected to. Have a look at those, see what you can control, can't control. And then from there, choose the one most important thing from each circle. And then focus your attention on that. So there's going to be one thing that you know you can control. Focus your attention on that. It's going to be something that you can't control. And that's what we get caught up in, in those things we can't control, especially as as performers. Mm-hmm. We, we All of a sudden, something goes wrong. We can't control the emotional reaction of, let's say, a player. Maybe you've penalized them, and then you might get caught up in that. So it's just a really, really simple technique to to prepare. And you can even use a bit of imagery there of, of seeing those those things happen in time. Great stuff. So theory, I mean, the th- of the three boxes, we've got can't control, can control, and can influence. I'm guessing by the time we've done that little exercise, there shouldn't be much left in the can't control. Camp. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm picturing as I go, because as, as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, well, I can move some of the can't controls into can influences, so we may end up sway, skewing yeah. our circles into into more things, yeah. Yeah, which which is absolutely fine. And I think it's that's the really important part, is that that change over is actually, or can I influence this or not? And maybe you find out starting this, uh, using this technique, is you might put some things into the can influence, in a couple of weeks you've tried this, and actually, actually, I can't influence this during the game because of external factors, right? And that's great. Then you can put it, you can leave it in that can't control and then not get uh, caught up in that when it, when it happens. And, and I think also just to, to mention, you know, these could week on week, you might be getting the same things, mm-hmm. but it's also a really good skill to do because it's not just as easy as writing it down and then it's, oh, great, I'm not going to think about uh, that thing I can't control or can influence. It's a, it's a skill that we need to, to use going forward. I guess there is an element to to what you just said there that I think might resonate for me is actually by writing it down that is part of you helping to control it. Um, the fact that you because you've written it on a list means you don't have to have it in your head if you like. So it's sometimes it's quite cathartic just to write that list. I guess it's um, when you've got a list of things to do around the house or a, a, a to do list at work. If you get it down on paper, it's part of the the process is to just then once you've got it out, you can figure out what to do with it. Whereas if it's still in mulling around your head, it's a bit of a yeah absolutely right you're you're 100 percent correct there and and even if you do it the first time three days out from the match and then you look at it again on a day before you might change things add things take things off so yeah like you said it's a really good skill just even to write it down so i've i'm i've in the past i've had something a coach used to work i used to work with i did something did a piece of work very similar to this it was it was called we called it the yolk the egg the fried egg um technique where you've got all your things in, in your circle and you draw a circle. The ones in the middle are the ones you can control. So that's your yoke. And it was a yep. mantra that I certainly took into the game. And, and even my wife still talks about it. She says yellow egg. Cause if yep. it's in that middle bit, you can influence it. You can overcook it. You can undercook it. You've, you're in control of that. You can't really mm-hmm. do much with the, the stuff outside if you get it into that, that middle bit. So it's, if you want a if you want a two circle version of the three circle, it's another, well, I think I might have talked about that before, but it's a very similar process. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff, though. Thanks for that. So let's. So we, we've we've got ourselves ready for the game, and it's now match day. Um, we've 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 done our travel. We've got to the ground. Hopefully, by controlling those influence that the travel influences and, and kind of giving people ex- giving yourself extra time and and space to get to where you need to go. So we're there. We've got an hour ninety minutes before the game. How important is it to get your head in the the game that that pre game routine? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's it's so important. And I think people overlook it a lot. And I think also people underestimate how much um, how much benefit that has to, to have that routine before before the game. I mean, as as I've said on on the article, you know, no one goes in um, wanting to not be ready or not perform well. And you want to be when that first whistle blows. When you're standing there at half at the halfway line looking at both teams' captains, you know, are they ready? You don't want to be thinking to yourself, oh, am I ready as well? So you, so developing a pre-game routine for that 90 minutes to an hour beforehand is essential. And it's going to look different for everyone. Some people may only need 45 minutes. But you don't want to come up 45 minutes before the game, sit down, you've got 10 minutes, you look at your watch, you go, all right, I'm ready to go. Maybe that works for some people. But we were performers, right? We want to do our best. 
so it's really important to to have that pre-game routine and i guess most people will will have a what they think is a pre-game routine and that's that's really physical stuff you get mm-hmm. to the ground you get changed first or you do your your you might you, you might prefer to do the your inspect your pitch inspection and your team inspection and then get changed. So you've got that kind of process for getting yourself ready. Yep. Is there a, is there a, are there other sides to this as well? Yeah. So I think the the thing that a lot of people gloss over in the pregame routine is that it's um, more than just one aspect. It's more than just physical. So I, I look at it as physical tactical and psychological so you've mentioned some of the the physical things there and that's just warming up isn't it mm-hmm. you know no you don't want to go out there cold so you know that could be however you like to do it maybe you run some sprints maybe you do some stretching or some light yoga or something beforehand you you know what's best for your body sure that needs to be incorporated with what you just said before so some of the i call it tactical stuff maybe there's some different terminology for that mm-hmm. but the pitch um you want to know about the teams that are playing of course right is it a derby game is it a is it the top of the table versus the bottom, or is it is it one and two playing each other? Are the team what are the team styles? So that needs to be incorporated also into mm-hmm. the into the pregame routine as well, because you don't want again you don't want to be the first whistle going oh, you know they look quite fired up today. You know is this a derby game? Are they mm-hmm. is this, is this game important? Because then all of a sudden you're not thinking about the game because that stuff's lingering in your mind. Some of that, let's be fair, some of that. Most people will have ticked off during the week as part of the week build off. But you know, sometimes when you get into the game, you when you get to your ground and suddenly something doesn't quite feel like you set it up to be. So you look at the league tables beforehand, middle of the road, and there's nothing jumping out at you. It's not a local derby, so there's nothing there. But when you get there, you just sense there's something. Mm. Um, and sometimes just watching the the teams train, uh, warm up, see how they're. What sort of pressure are they putting themselves under? Are they under pressure for something else? Is there a coach who's bellowing at something for something that doesn't look right? When yeah. you go in and do your stud toss, can you, you can some uh, stud check? You can sometimes just feel that one side is high. I mean, mm. psychologically high, and others are just would be normal. Sometimes you just get a sense for it, and I think that's a really crucial part of prep is is kind of absorbing your envir- the environment you found yourself in, and that will be different no matter what level that'll be different no matter what level it is that can happen at grassroots level it can happen at the, at the professional game yeah you know I, no, I completely agree and I think that's why it's important to have that routine so that when those things and we're talking about the three circles before if you can't control or can influence that all works kind of together so that you know about your your routine there and I guess the last bit there I, I put is you know, you had the physical, you had the tactical, and you need the psychological aspect and the psychological warm-up as well. And I'd put some things such as, you know, just having goals. You know, do you have goals for each game or each half? You know, you don't need big, huge outcomes. I mean, not goals of, oh, I want to referee well. That's that's too vague. Mm-hmm. And we want specific goals on, on how you might want to referee or how you want to referee the breakdown or certain aspects around that. Maybe and something, also, maybe something you've been working on over time, with perhaps with a coach or an assessor from last time, or somebody, a, yeah. a, a friend, a friend who's, who's been watching you over time, yeah. who you know you're focusing on your position at the breakdown or your verbal communications with the players. Are they doing what you want them to do? So it's that I guess it's those little things, preparing yourself to kind of hit those goals in a game. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's other things to to help you psychologically warm up as well. Like I put there, this you know meditation. Um, being mindful, like I said, there's the yoga stretches you could do. You can incorporate that as well. 
um, and you know there's imagery and and uh, self talk and, and lots of things. It's about it's about doing your own individual pregame, but it needs to incorporate those aspects. Uh, I don't think this is covered in the article, but it just it sprang to mind as I was thinking about this earlier about the the role that music now sometimes plays. I know um, we, we hear you you mentioned Nigel earlier, and everyone knows that Nigel has a very pre has a pregame playlist that he plays religiously. Um, in the in those last fifteen minutes before they go out to the park, he's got it time set. Others may have a particular style of music to get their the high beat to get their psyche up. Others may want to go the other way and and, and dial it down to get them into more of a mindfulness state. Is, is there any, I guess, evidence that that works, or is it purely um, up to an individual to figure it out? Um, I I don't know is my answer. Yeah. I I, don't, I wouldn't want to comment just because I don't know the evidence yeah. around that. But I mean, you know, talking just between you and me, I'm I'm sure there is. And I think that's that's part of it, isn't it? Like you want to get yourself ready for that for that first whistle to go out and perform. So yeah, maybe you need to psych yourself up a bit, get that arousal levels going, mm. get ready to to be in the game. Or maybe you are a little bit nervous, or um, you you have some anxiousness around, which is absolutely normal as well for for performers, and you just need to to settle down. So I'm sure there is some. Um, some some evidence around maybe that's another article for the uh that's, that's another master subject for you to do the next time and if you, yeah. if you need another P, a P, your phd thesis maybe yeah, awesome so let's let's head into the game then because this is this is where actually i i used to struggle as a referee so all the pre-game stuff no problem at all you get into the middle of the game and then something happens and you kind of lose sometimes it was a physical knock would then impact your mental uh, position or, or are there ways or any what tips have we got I guess for for getting people to stay focused on the important things during a match or to get back on focus if you need to yeah yeah you bring up a, a great point there Keith I think that the tips that I've given and the skill that I believe all performers need and the most important one is attention is focus you know you mm. if you're not in the moment attending to what's important how are you going to be able to impact the game, whether you're a referee or you're a performer playing on, on the field? So that's why I kind of gave two tips about bringing back into the moment because that's all you can do. That's that's where you have the power of is, is the moment. Um, and when you're out there, it's all going so fast pace and you can, you're, you know, like you said, you can get knocked physically or maybe you make a, a, a bad call and that affects you for the rest of the game. But you can choose then... Can it affect your rest of the game? Or can you bring it back into the moment? Um, you know, and almost reconnect to your values at that point as well. Why it's important, who you want to stand for, and 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 be in the moment there. So the first one I did was just a, uh, I call it the three R's. Um, I didn't, by the way, I did not um, make this up. I've referenced uh, the the people there, um, and just it's really simple. You know, when you're kind of maybe you're feeling yourself out of the moment or affected by something, um, the three R's stand for register release and refocus so register so maybe you feel yourself or you notice a physical sensation or you can um, register that maybe your mind's going back to a play that just happened or maybe you're thinking oh was that line out throw actually straight you know Mm. all of a sudden you're not in the moment you missed uh maybe you missed a high tackle or maybe you missed someone coming in from the side so register your thought register your body sensation that's taking you away from the game then release. Yep. Yeah, so how do we how do we then get hold of it then? So let's let's get to yeah. release. So release is it's a little different. It goes against what you've probably been told. 
and it's a different kind of, of way of psychology. And it's we're not trying to stop those thoughts or get rid of them. We just want them to allow them. We acknowledge them. And by um, acknowledging them, we release them just by simply yeah, acknowledging them and accepting that you might be uncomfortable and you just like, okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little nervous. Okay, my mind's actually in the past. I'm gonna bring it back. And that's where the refocus comes in. So refocusing your attention. So register, oh okay, I can feel that in my body. Release, I'm not gonna fight it. It can be there. Refocus, okay, the ball's here, the action's over here. And that's how you bring yourself back and in, back into the moment. I guess the, the the key thing here is to do that as quickly as you possible possibly can, particularly yeah. the first one. Because if you haven't clocked it, then you're going to keep you're going to keep going, and that might not be an issue. But it's, again, figuring out that something isn't quite right and figuring out that you need to bring it get it back yourself back under control. Yeah, and 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 it's a skill. It's and I'm not saying it's an easy one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit mm-hmm. here and say you know I'm 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 good at this or anything as well. I I, I use this. Um, when I play sport and, and for other other performance areas, but it's a skill. And it's a, also it's about doing it more than once. It's not just going to happen once and then you release, refocus, and you're fine. That thought might come up again or something might, might happen again. So it's a skill. You've got to keep doing it, building it, and you're going to get better over time. Cool. And then we have a look at what's called grounding. And I've got a couple of things that I think that I've used in the past that I'll talk about, which I think touches on some of the three R's and some of grounding. So what's the what's the grounding element about? Yeah, so grounding, I guess that's also just a really nice way to use that last R of refocus. So again, the grounding technique is, is literally grounding you back into the moment. And with this grounding technique, it's almost you're going to feel the ground. Um, so normally what we do is we um, just want people to come back to the, the moment using their senses. So um, normally uh, grounding technique would be using all five senses and you kind of go down in, in numbers. So um, I've written there, normally it's five, see five things, hear four, feel three, smell two, and taste one. But because, you know, you're in a match. Um, Slightly tricky. Yeah, it's a performance. For some for some sports, like you say, cricket, you can do that yeah. in between balls and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, while you're fielding. But yeah, for rugby, a little bit more high high pace, it's a little bit trickier. So I've I've mentioned there, you can just do see one, hear one, and feel one. Yeah. And the no. feel one can even be shortened down to just feel which um, foot is more connected to the ground. So remember, grounding technique, ground. Which foot? Okay, my left foot feels. Okay, I'm back in the moment. Here we go. I guess people have different senses, and and you may you may know listening to this listener that you're really attached to to smell, or you have a there is a taste issue, um, or something like that. I mean, I, I know one referee I used to w- work with a while ago used to have oh, just a dab of Olbus oil on a on a tissue in his pockets so that he if he needed it, um, he could use the Olbus oil as the smell to get him back, and that was his drawback. Um, technique um some some things that i've used in the past have more been visual because I'm, I'm more of a, a visual learner and and that sort of thing and i used to have um some little colored dots on my watch um that i had a, a red one and a blue one just for one one either side and i could just if i looked at my watch cause of course we're looking at the watch all the time and having that focal point to remind nowhere in particular didn't mean anything it was just the visual to say are you okay um do you need to do you need to recognize that this this dot is here if you need it and it was just really small things like that to get you back into the zone i guess yeah yeah that's brilliant and that's and i, and I love hearing that because that is a grounding technique but it's just adapted to what to what works for you and um, i think i ended the the article by saying that whatever i've already talked about 
you need to make it work for you because this is just stock standard. This, these are skills that you need to try. But the way that you keep doing them and and use them is adapting it to yourself. Um, and for those of you who work with um, assistant referees and touch judges, you can you can get the others to help you with that as well. They might recognise, particularly if, you, if they're more familiar with you, that something isn't quite right, and they can use trigger words to do that. I used to have one, and <coughs> it was more of a performance thing. It was a get your head up. Yep. So I just used to say, I used to get them to say chin, lift your chin up, because li- literally that's what they they could see my shoulder because when my shoulders went, my head went. Yep. Things weren't going quite right. So if they said chin up, then I could sense that was the perception that they were getting from the side. Yep. And the other thing is that you can use them to timekeep for you to some extent. Um, I used to use this in the second half, particularly when it was when in the tight games. I used to want 10-minute time checks in that second half. So I had that 10-minute intervals. I knew I was going to get three. And that was just a way of, I guess, refocusing on big half an hour to go, good ten, first 10 minutes last 10 minutes and then there we go so it's a little again both grounding and some of those three r's as a focus issue yeah absolutely so yeah that's great and if you can get people to help you out on the sidelines that's that's even better because you yeah. know doing it to, together is a lot better than doing it by yourself yeah so there's obviously i mean ruling out a whole bunch of our, our listeners here because many people are operating on their own so this is why i said yeah. i wanted to have the conversation so get us have think about all these things and and chuck some ideas out because it will work for some it's just not practical for for those of us operating on our own so that's great we've had a little bit before we've had a little bit of during the importance we've already talked about it slightly of reflection afterwards um, how in depth do you do you recommend people do that is it a written process is it just a, a, a mental check-in with yourself what do you think i think for me and i'm biased but i'll definitely be a lot more in depth writing it down um having a discussion with someone with some of the questions that i've that i've posed there i just i think there's more of having a think and reflecting about it you know we all we can all drive back home after a game and oh yeah that went all right okay cool but if we if we if we really want to learn from our experiences, learn about our decision making, um, learn about why we did certain things in certain moments, we need to have that reflection. We need to set aside some time, and it can be just ten minutes. You know, I'm not saying you got to be in mm. an hour long. If you want to do an hour, that's great. But it's just ten minutes. Again, it's a skill. You need to be doing it um, more often than not. And Keith, you might be able to inform me a little bit, but I'm sure there's. Um, you know, performance reviewers and assessors and mentors that I'm sure there's at least some of that stuff going on anyway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, most of us will be involved in games. There'll be there'll be someone else there to assist. I mean, maybe not as often as we'd like. Um, yep. If you have a, a, a coach or a, a, a performance reviewer, whatever it is we're calling them this, this season, yep. um, they'll be there and they have a role to play in helping you to do that. Um, a, perhaps a more formal role. The thing that I always advocate, and I really would encourage anyone listening to do that, is to is to f- get some of your mates, your referee mates, and check in with them on the way home. Because for me, that was a crucial part um, of my reflection, is A, hearing from other people, uh, and B, I'm rubbish at dealing with it on my own. I need to talk to somebody. Um, and I, I've always known that, and that's just been a, a having that time in the car to, to, to ring around the, the crew, whatever, whoever that might be, or a, a friendly ear who, who understands what you're talking about. Um, and maybe able to help for me was just as important as anything else. Yeah, and I, and I think some of the questions that I posed there can can help with that discussion as well. If it's more, if you wanted to reflect a bit more, um, rather than just asking your mate, you know, how did it go? There's there's some deeper questions there so that you can, um, yeah, 
learn from from the game and i think what you said there that shared reflection is as as powerful as as taking 10 15 minutes later in the day to to reflect on on the game um, and the final thing we talk about in the article is really the the need and the importance of stepping away from the whole thing um to, to i guess you use the, the the phrase you can't pour from an empty jug so just to get a, somehow figure out um, how you get your head out of rugby and, and refereeing into something else is that how important is that for you yeah um i i think that with lockdown i've been you know this is kind of the evidence you know mental health mm. emotional well-being is so important now i think everyone can understand that and with with rugby with refer especially with refereeing the way um you know people conduct themselves towards refereeing this is a, a huge huge aspect really really important and it's just getting away from it doing something else you you really enjoy and i think you can come all the way back to the values you know you can ask some of those value questions about your personal life who do you want to be what do you want to stand for what do you want to do so maybe that's getting out and hiking or or something with the family or giving back to the community in other ways you know getting away from rugby getting away from refereeing to replenish yourself to to find joy be happy so that when you get back onto the field you have plenty you're enjoying it and you understand you know why you're doing it but yeah it's 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 so important i think with the lockdown as well i think a lot more people are um aware of that and finding new ways to to be um to put their well-being in the forefront of, of what they do that self-care and a lot of listeners will be using refereeing and rugby to be their their way out of and, and be their other thing from 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 work but i think it is is important no matter whether you're in the community game or whether you're higher up than um than, than that in rugby it's is important to flip it around um and and to, and to do that and i would just say we did have, we spoke to uh, nick marshall from marshalling men's mind a couple of episodes ago um much as more a conversation around mental health so if you want to if you didn't hear that one please go and listen to that one as well nick's got some great advice there to, that sits along really nicely alongside with uh, what Tim's been talking about here. Yeah, Tim, look, we, we've covered a lot of ground there, and there's lots of great advice that you, you've offered for us. Um, so thank you very much for, for being with us. Really do appreciate that. Obviously, a lot of work goes into into this. If people want to know more about you and and, and talk to you more, or, or is a way of working with you, I'm not sure. Feel free to, to advise people accordingly. Yes, so like I said, I'm a, I'm a trainee sports psychologist. So I have my own private practice. Um, I have a sports psychology uh, business. So people can contact me um, on my email, which is timwhitepsych at gmail.com. Then I also have a, a website, which is timwhitepsychology.com. Um, and that's all on, on, the, um, on the article. But yeah, if people want to work with me or just maybe even want to have a chat about this, this stuff, I'm more than happy to, to answer emails or to, to work with anyone um no matter what level they are i just want people to um you know have have that uh, psychology offering and and enjoy whatever they do to to the fullest fantastic well tim has said thank you very much indeed there's lots to learn for that for those of you who've been listening in the car or doing something else um do go back and have another listen have a look at some of those exercises um, and hopefully we can um uh, sort of step up your game through um the psychology side of things as well as the the physical and the, the law side tim thanks very much for joining us Thank you, Keith. I really enjoyed it. 
Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, We'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, about this podcast This is the only Rugby Referee podcast out there, um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time. We'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments, so please let us have them. Um, You can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.net website um, or through Twitter at rugbyrefereenet, which is the same handle you'll find on Instagram as well. We're in all those places, so please do let us know what you think, let us know what you want, um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future. So for now, that is Advantage Over. <laughs>